Support for Switched On Pop comes from VibeCheck. If you need more of my friend Sam Sanders in your life, then you'll want to check out his new pod called VibeCheck. Each week, Sam and his two best friends, writer Saeed Jones and journalist and producer Zach Stafford, make sense of what's going on in the news and culture, from foreign policy to how to heal from a breakup. Every Wednesday, they check the vibe of what's going on in the world and how it all feels. It's like your favorite group chat come to life. Listen to and follow Vibe Check wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Switched On Pop. I'm songwriter Charlie Harding. And I'm musicologist Nate Sloan. So Nate, a few weeks back, we did an episode about Old Town Road. What struck me after our episode was that Old Town Road was made with a purchased beat from the internet. (laughs) Originally licensed, anybody could download it and put their own thing to it, and then eventually outright purchase. Have you heard of BeatStars? Nope. BeatStars is just one of a number of websites where you, if you make a beat, Charlie, you can upload it to this site. And then charge money for other people to use uh, it. Yes, yes, yes. Lil Nas X was looking for a beat, went on to BeatStars, scrolling through Young Keo's beats. There are hundreds and hundreds Whoa. and hundreds of them. Whoa. He found one he liked and paid $29.99 for it. Oh, my God. Proceeded to record his vocals yeah. on top of it. And fast forward to now number one song in America. You know, the song is still number one, by the way, as of this recording, now for its 15th week. Astonishing. And I looked it up, and it turns out that Old Town Road isn't the only one. There's a handful of other hits that have been made this way. All built off of free market beats. (laughs) Yeah. Bryson Tiller's Don't. YBN Namir's Rubbing Off the Paint. A really big one, Designer's Panda. No way. Oh, yeah, sure. That's huge. That song was huge. Yeah. Huh. Just to name a few. So it turns out there is a large ecosystem where producers, often remote, not based here in L.A., create and post beats online for MCs to buy and rap over or for other producers to pick up and turn into a full song. Hmm. And in fact, the song that's playing right now is a beat that's available on an online producer marketplace. Nice. Usually these beats are listed with tags, artist names, genres, subgenres. It gets pretty granular. Common title format are things like Ariana Grande type beat or Nikki type beat. Feelings, upbeat, R&B, pop, 2019. Wow, so there's a beat for every figure and every mood you could possibly imagine. There's not a beat, there are thousands. (laughs) It made me want to dig a little deeper. Is this model of uploading and purchasing beats contributing to any changes in the sound of hip-hop, R&B, and pop, and by its natural transitive relationship, Mm. the very nature of pop music? I don't know, but I'm dying to find out. So we're going to ask these questions. We're going to look at, is the rapid production and easy access to beats simplifying sounds, or is it maybe having other impacts that we might not be aware of? So to answer these questions, I thought we would have to talk to some people. 
And what I found was really illuminating. Yeah, I was buying beats in AOL chat rooms. This is what I was doing in like 96, 97 as a mm. songwriter in high school. That's Abe Batchin. He's the founder and CEO of BeatStars. These guys would send me like a credit card form to, to fill out like an authorized.net or what a PayPal. I don't even think PayPal was around yet. And they would ask for my shipping address and they would mail me a CD with all the files and, and the agreement. It was just really old school and just super inefficient. And Abe says BeatStars came out of this desire for easy connection and collaboration outside of the music meccas in L.A., New York City, Nashville, and Atlanta. Right. Like in the case of Old Town Road, it brought together a Netherlandish producer and an Atlanta MC. That's that's kind of astonishing. <laughs> exactly. And what's more, they're actually building relationships between producers. A lot of music licensing platforms, especially like on the sync side, you just go there, you look for a beat or a production track or a song you want to license. And it's just very impersonal. Mm -hmm. So we, we wanted to build a community. And so we gave people profiles and we put a message button. And as social media started to, you know, emerge, we added all the social actions, you know, like repost or like and share. So his platform is arguably the biggest, most successful beatmaking platform ever to hit the market. And it's far from just a website where beatmakers can host their music. This is a serious business. BeatStars has paid out over $50 million to producers on their platform. And it's challenging the way that music gets made, not just by connecting all the creative roles in a song development process, but by creating a formal structure that sits outside of the music industry within which producers can build their own brand and make a living selling their music. Imagine for a moment that you're an up-and-coming MC or vocalist looking for collaborators. Oh, e easily. MC squared. Uh, I rap <laughs> mainly about uh, Baroque composers and uh, miniature poodles. Please continue. That's immensely accurate. But let's pretend also that you are not a stellar jazz <laughs> pianist uh, and that, well, I guess let's be real. You're not fly at making great beats. So we need to get you hooked up with someone who can do just that. Hmm. Okay. That relationship never existed outside of like going into the studio in a traditional studio and working with a producer in person, and which is not bad. Of course, I'm not saying that's like a horrible process or that's like a bad method of making music. But for someone that lives remotely in a developing country that doesn't have access to high quality production, it's really hard for them to kickstart their careers without having some sort of destination to connect with producers. Okay, so we're in your alternate reality and you want to be producing music and i want to see you know nate as this aspiring what, what's your name mc squared oh okay great <laughs> <laughs> you're mc squared and in your alternative reality you yeah. want to go uh and find someone to collaborate with so mm -hmm. let's take a look and figure out what you would do so do me a favor pull up beatstars.com I see the world's number one marketplace to buy and sell beats. And then there's a search bar. Why don't we try searching for a beat? Okay, I'm going to throw in Drake as my search term because I feel like, you know, a kind of underwater mid-tempo beat could be right up my alley. So here's a beat from the creator Serta Beats called Mojo. And it's tagged hashtag dancehall hashtag UK Afrobeat. Nice. I think it's gonna meet just what you're looking for. Okay, perfect. This is this is great. 
Yeah. I'm into that. My head is bobbing. I'm I'm digging the the piano and chipmunk vocals and then when the the beat drops all of a sudden it's hyper syncopated Caribbean rhythms. Yes, I want it. Take my credit card. <laughs> you definitely can buy it if you want. It's uh it's $25. Seems reasonable. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> Seems uh, pretty reasonable. Totally. Wow. Now, of course, that's for a, a non-exclusive license. Other people could also use the track. But, hey, you're just getting mm-hmm. started, so let's let's give it a go. Well, you know, the thing that stuck out to me about this track is it really reminded me of One Dance. Like, I really felt like yeah. this is One Dance Light or One Dance 3.0 or something. Two Dance. I'm so, I'm so sorry. Just get, yeah. <laughs> Keep going. So I talked to Abe about this phenomenon of soundalikes. And, mm. you know, industry folks sometimes call these things type beats. When you say type beats, a lot of folks kind of get that definition confused a little bit. In our world, mm. type beats are just keywords. The only reason the, the word exists, um, type beats, is because... You know, um, artists are looking for a certain style, for a, for a certain style of music. Mm-hmm. And so they'll search by what artist inspires them. So they're like, oh, I want a Drake type beat. Doesn't necessarily mean that that Drake type beat is a, like a knockoff of what Drake made or what Drake put out. It's just that producer who made that beat, they start analyzing it and they're like, okay, who can I hear singing on this or rapping on this? And so that's how they'll label it for, mm-hmm. for YouTube or for like SoundCloud or for mm-hmm. BeatStars, right? Mm-hmm. It's just keywords. And that's not to say there isn't some wholesale copying going on. I'm, I'm sure there's some producers who are novice or still kind of getting into beat making who are trying to learn the the techniques on how to make beats and stuff. Mm-hmm. They might be knocking off a little bit. They, they you know, mm-hmm. we all did, like we all did as a, as artists coming up, we wanted to know how our favorite producers made this or mm-hmm. favorite artists made that. And it's like part of the growing stages. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But you know, the majority of the stuff is like a lot of, a lot of original stuff. Confession. I was the same way when I was a kid first making music. I definitely copied my heroes aggressively. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's a part of what's happening in this sort of type beat phenomenon, as well as its use as a search term. What's more interesting to me, though, about these online marketplaces is that it's much more than just copying. There is original music being put out at an absurd pace. I thought we would need to talk to some of these producers directly. And with the help of our producer, Megan, we reached out to a bunch of these creators on BeatStars, wanting to know who are they and what does it take to have a successful online beatmaking career? When we come back, what does it mean to be a full-time beatmaker? Is it changing the sound of pop? This is exciting. Support for Switched on Pop comes from Vibe Check. If you were an Intuit fan and you are missing Sam Sanders, then have no fear. He's back with another great pod called Vibe Check. Each week, Sam and his two best friends, writer Saeed Jones and journalist and producer Zach Stafford, make sense of what's going on in the news and culture. From Elon Musk and foreign policy to how to heal from a breakup to Usher's Super Bowl halftime show, they check the vibe of what's going on in the world and how it all feels. They're currently doing a series called Hey Sis, where they're highlighting the compelling stories of black women and their achievements. They're being joined by special guests Regina King, Audie Cornish, Raquel Willis, and more. 
VibeCheck is your favorite group chat come to life. You can join the weekly Kiki every Wednesday. Listen to and follow VibeCheck wherever you get your podcasts. Can't believe Sam made me say Kiki. An influential poll from the New York Times and Siena College last month showed that 23% of registered Black voters said if the election was held today, they'd vote for Donald Trump. Now, this is a big deal. Black voters historically vote Democrat overwhelmingly. On Sunday, I sat down at South by Southwest with Charlemagne the God. Charlemagne commands one of the largest young black audiences in the country as co-host of The Breakfast Club. And he's become known for his blunt and provocative interviews of politicians and his critiques of Joe Biden and the Democrats. I'm the type of person, I, I feel like as, as a black person, I don't see how we're beholden to either one of these parties. I don't understand these black conservative crazies, and I don't understand these black liberal crazies either. I think as a black person, you shouldn't be beholden to any political party in this country because we haven't really seen, um, I mean, Democrats have done more, but we haven't really seen anybody systemically help us get out of the situation that we're in. Because I think that's something that people never truly address. Charlemagne the God on Today Explained. Every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. She called me and was like, I didn't know you had a music video on BET. And I was like, well, I don't have a music video on BET. And she was like, well, I heard your name. And I thought she was crazy for a while. The producers we spoke to described an experience that I think a lot of musicians might be familiar with. It's the experience of witnessing your beats in the wild. You <laughs> heard from this woman, Brianna, whose friend told her they heard her song on television, and she didn't even know that. So Brianna's somewhat unique on Beat Stars because she's a trained singer-songwriter, and rather than make the underlying beat of a song, she writes the vocal hook, that short, repetitive phrase that you hear often in rap and R&B, and collaborates with producers on the platform to make nearly fully composed songs for artists to purchase and put their spin on. She says that the BET experience is surprisingly common. Oh, yeah, I've heard it on TV shows. I often get like phone calls of like, oh, my God, I can't believe you did a song with so-and-so. And I'm like, I don't even know who that is. <laughs> so herein lies the beauty and the challenge of online beat making. You're incredibly exposed. But it's that exposure that allows you to make a living from it. Wow. So this is exactly what an online beat maker expects. Multiple artists will license the same beat and put it out in many variations. You don't have control of where it will go to, but you're getting paid for that beat multiple times in a row. But sometimes it doesn't work out that way. Another creator we spoke to, this producer Danson, who's had his stuff placed in films, commercials, songs by major artists, he talked about how getting your beats stolen or miscredited in the online beat making world is pervasive and that it also is starting to feel like a norm. Any online beat producer who's been doing it for a while for sure had their stuff stolen at least multiple times, right? I mean, I found my beats on other people's channels trying to resell, just retiling and everything. I think that happens to almost every producer that I've ever met. Like, it's a normal thing, whether it's, it's, it's obviously not a good thing, but that's just part of the process. Um, I've had artists, you know, license my beats legally and everything and rap over it, but it's something that I completely don't agree with, whether it's like politically or morally, just the message they're trying to put in the song. So that's sometimes kind of tough to hear. 
And we heard that echoed from other creators as well. The reality is that you are giving up control to a certain degree when you're putting your music out in such an exposed way. It becomes a problem when there's serious compensation on the line. We spoke with one producer who heard a replica of his beat in a song by a major artist and actually had to hire a lawyer to ensure he was properly credited on it. So check this out. Here's the original track by Beat Demons called NoHo. Funky. Yeah, that could definitely be on the radio. Okay. Yeah, and check this out. Here is the track by Briciago featuring Bad Bunny called Netflix. <laughs> That's very similar. Yes, so similar that Beat Demons is now credited on the track and has a platinum plaque, which is pretty <laughs> wild. Yeah, seriously. It's like the wild, wild west of beat making here. Totally. And part of why he has that platinum plaque could be because of the way Beat Stars is set up. You know, your profile and your track are public and they have time stamped proof of when you uploaded it. There could be a real fine line between life-changing success of having a platinum record and the often nameless nature of production work. This timestamp, I'm sure, had to be an important part of the process of you know, showing which song came first. But beyond tight beats and copying, I'm really interested in what makes a success on these beat platforms. And I want to talk about some of the qualities of successful BeatStars producers and give a little bit more insight into how they approach their work. So Brianna and Danson, who you just heard, have both had huge success on the platform. And they both mentioned two qualities. One sort of goes without saying, which is... You know, frankly, raw talent. And Abe talked about this too. You have to understand music in order to make music that people want to buy on BeatStars. If you're an industry producer, I think it can be tempting to think of platforms like BeatStars like an easy bake oven. But really, it's mm -hmm. much more than that. Like it's, it's a universally accessible storefront where, to extend the metaphor, any baker trying to make it in the baking business can come set up shop. It's really competitive. Many of these producers, in order to stand out, really need to know their stuff. Danson, for example, studied classical cello for eight years, so he's approaching his production with that lens. Brianna has been singing and writing songs for over a decade. These producers are not amateurs. They're totally skilled musicians. I find that comforting, to be honest. Like, the fact that, you know, even in this sort of anonymous marketplace of beats the ones that rise to the top are the ones with musical integrity and experience yeah i don't want to downplay it raw talent is definitely a part of what it takes but i'm going to deflate your bubble just a little bit up oh, <laughs> okay <laughs> bring me back down to earth here. because raw talent <laughs> is insufficient and everyone we spoke to talked about how these producers are also marketing wizards. Huh. These are producers as influencers. They need to get their material noticed. Here's how Brianna put it. 
the people that I run into in the BeatStars community that are successful are more of like an entrepreneurial mind. They're more about like creating a business and like figuring out other ways to bring in different income, like from different avenues. Because a lot of them, you know, they start with the BeatStars community, but then they'll start doing other things. Like some of them are doing speaking engagements or releasing sound kits, or some of them are doing online courses and YouTube videos. I think it's a different type of person that's into that online world than traditional music industry. And Abe from BeatStars said this too, that many of the super successful beatmakers and writers on the platform, they have an established brand, often with visuals. They follow their sales and they're tracking which of their beats are performing best, something you can do on the back end of your profile. And they're super in tune with what their core audience is listening to. Brianna actually mentioned that when she gets a new follow, she'll go check out that person's profile to see what they're listening to, read their comments to see what they like about it, and then she'll bake that into the hook that she creates. Hmm. Now, I'll be honest. I was a little worried too, Nate, uh, about the impact that all of this could have on the music itself. You know, for example, Brianna and Danson both said that they stick to a consistent release schedule. And I wonder, might that schedule be forcing creators to do more sound-alike beats or lower their own standards around what they're putting out? I'm not entirely convinced that's not the case with some artists, but Danson had a really interesting and I think admirable approach to this question. I mean, I've been doing this for a while now, but I still feel very early in my career and I feel like everything I'm doing right now, as much as you know, I'm making money off of it, releasing beats online and everything. I really feel like it's just practice in a way. At least every week, I try to focus on one tiny thing to make my beats a little bit different or interesting than before, whether that's something as simple as the way I pan my hi-hats. And I think I just see it as repetition, repetition to get better and better. I'm still growing. I'm still early in this whole process. So I just want to stay active and keep at it. I really like this growth mindset, and it shows he has so much material. Releasing at least a track a week, you could scroll almost endlessly down his feed all the way back to January 2014. Since then, he's had 2.4 million plays just on the BeatStars platform alone across 273 tracks. And when you listen to his music, you can hear that his sound has evolved. He gets better. So maybe this speed of releasing material is, in fact, pushing artists to create more original work and to challenge their abilities. Wow. This is a lot to wrap my mind around. This It's such a, a different kind of approach to a, a musical economy. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I'm I'm really curious to sort of peek into the the, the mechanics of this. Yeah, when I started, I had this one big pressing question, which is how, if at all, is this rapid creation, leasing structure changing the sound of pop music? You know, is, is this new economy encouraging the mass production of same sounding type beats or is it encouraging creativity and innovative sound? And I'm not sure I know the answer definitively, but here's what I think we do know. Beat platforms expand access and producer-artist relationships. And I think that's phenomenal. People can make music outside of the major metro hubs that are the center of the industry. Mm. The internet model simultaneously makes you more powerful and more vulnerable and open to plagiarism. And there's this age-old fine line in copying versus more creativity that I think gets played out because of, I think, those internal dynamics of online culture. 
I also notice how it takes a really driven, business-minded creative to build a career online. Because you know, ultimately, the charts are still a limited pie. Everyone's trying to place music into the mainstream, and beat stars and platforms like it are making the pie marginally bigger. The new bit here, though, is significantly people seem to be able to make a real living off their artistry without going through the traditional gatekeepers. Here's Danson. This online beat licensing market is still very, very small compared to, I think, the whole industry and the way things have been running for forever, right? And I understand that some people who have found success in the industry doing things, I guess, the traditional way, are never really going to truly understand or be able to even grasp some of these numbers that these online guys are doing. I mean, I think this last year or two years, a lot of that's changing. Um, I mean, even the fact that we're talking right now, I feel like is a big testament to seeing how much this has changed, right? It's true. There are producers on BeatStars that make six figures a year producing beats, and even established producers in the industry sell beats online, sometimes making more on beat licensing than standard song licensing. Abe even told me about emerging and established producers who, even with industry publishing deals, struggle to pay their bills and would likely be resorting to other gig economy work if they couldn't supplement their music income with the beat platforms. Now these artists have alternatives to those standard gatekeepers. Just how traditional industry has always been established where the producer is always this like background figure. They do the work and they're you know, they're getting the job done. They're the engine behind the song and the artist and stuff like that. Now with this with this visibility that we all have, everyone's starting to see an opportunity to be kind of like a DIY entrepreneur. It's just been this, this process for mm. like 11 years, man, figuring out ways to have producers have a home, basically have an identity online where they can, they can make a living doing this with just the mass amount of recording artists and songwriters that exist on, on the web itself is just a huge market. In the spirit of celebrating aspiring producers trying to get their music out there, I want to listen back to the beat that we heard actually at the opening of the episode. What do you think? I'm into it. If I had to guess the tag for this, I would. It's something a little harder. Uh, it's more of like a, you know, DMX type beat or something. It's a, it's a little, little more raw and angry, and I dig it. Well, then I'm happy to tell you that I helped produce this track with our friend Jeremy Lloyd from Marion Hill. <laughs> no way. Kudos, man. That's I, I was feeling that. <laughs> Thanks, dude. I want to bark over it. <laughs> You can actually go buy this beat right now if you want, Nate. I'm currently leasing it for $29.95 under my BeatStars producer name, Charlatan. <laughs> I like it. Okay. Can I get like a friends and family discount? <laughs> you know, I'll give you a discount on my first beat because I actually, I created this BeatStars profile a few weeks ago. I uploaded a track that I created called Bezos Money. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I had the profile up for a couple of weeks 
I think I got like seven plays off of it. I'm guessing <laughs> five of them were from me. And I'm, I, I kind of want to run this like A-B test to see does a really hot beat made by Jeremy of Marion Hill perhaps perform better? I don't know. And, you know, this beat may not be going anywhere the charlatan profile might not be a success. I think I probably don't have the marketing wizardry to make it so, but I am incredibly curious to see where this online beat-making world is going, whether the marketplace will continue to fuel the creative goals of brands, Instagram influencers, and amateur MCs, or whether a year or two from now we'll see the Billboard Hot 100 flooded with BeatStars beats, or maybe even create a totally alternative music e- ecosystem from the charts. You know, Abe says that they're just getting started on their global ambitions. Beatstar still has a long way to go. Our goal for over like the next 24 months is establishing small little satellite offices mm. in, in a mm. lot of developing countries mm. or at least one in every continent mm-hmm. and um, have a place where we have someone specialized in these places telling us like, yo, this is how music's made here and we need to do outreach and we need to do events and we need to get, yeah. we need to talk to this community. We need to localize our, our apps and our sites to to mm-hmm. work for, for those communities who don't speak English. And, and, and so we're in the process of, yeah. of doing all that now. Yeah. Right on. Okay, Charlatan, yeah. That's me, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go peruse your beats and, and uh, see see what kind of rhymes I come up with. I'll be looking for a hot MC squared track <laughs> real soon. Special thanks to Abe, Danson, Brianna, and Jeremy Lloyd from Marion Hill for their help with this episode. Additional thanks goes to Chris Gomez and Mark Harden of the production duo Beat Demons. If you want to hear their work, you can find links to all the producers' profiles in the episode description. I'll also post the beat that Jeremy and I made on my charlatan BeatStars profile. Tell us what you think of these online beats on Twitter and Instagram at switchedonpop. This episode was produced by our fellow Megan Lubin, edited and mixed by Brandon McFarlane. Bridget Armstrong is our producer, and Nishat Kerwa and Liz Nelson are our executive producers. You can find all of our episodes on switchedonpop.com or on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. We'll be back again next Tuesday, and until then, thanks thanks for for listening. listening. Support for Switched on Pop comes from VibeCheck. If you need more of my friend Sam Sanders in your life, then you'll want to check out his new pod called VibeCheck. Each week, Sam and his two best friends, writer Saeed Jones and journalist and producer Zach Stafford, make sense of what's going on in the news and culture, from foreign policy to how to heal from a breakup. Every Wednesday, they check the vibe of what's going on in the world and how it all feels. It's like your favorite group chat come to life. Listen to and follow Vibe Check wherever you get your podcasts.